being a patient with epilepsy that has not been able to get seizure freedom with a drug means that your life is quite affected. Uh, if you, for example, are a mother to a newborn child, you might not actually want to hold your child in your arms because you are really, really scared of dropping your child if you get a seizure. The World Health Organization estimates at least 50 million people worldwide have epilepsy. The most common type is focal epilepsy, which affects a specific part of the brain and impacts 1 in 26 American adults. When we think of epilepsy, we often think of seizures that cause spasms, twitching, and other changes in motor function. However, a lesser known effect of focal epilepsy is non-motor seizures. That, depending on where the epileptic focus starts in the brain, can change how patients feel or think. For example, a patient may have a sudden burst of intense emotion, a racing heart, goosebumps, or waves of heat or cold. While symptoms can vary, what all focal epilepsy patients have in common is the unexpected disruption of their daily lives. Many suffer from sleep problems, are unable to drive, must have special accommodations to work, and face challenges in raising a family. One in three of these patients have a type of focal epilepsy that is drug-resistant and are eagerly awaiting a treatment that can help them control their symptoms and gain stability in their lives. I'm Chris Garcia, and in this episode of Vital Science, Gina Mullane speaks with Karen Agerman, Chief Research and Development Officer at Comagene AB. We'll discuss the epilepsy treatment landscape, the challenges of manufacturing biologics, and the laboratory discovery from more than 30 years ago that led Karen and her team to where they are today. I'm really interested to hear a little bit about you, your role at Combigene, and how you got into the field of molecular neurobiology. Oh, that's that's a million dollar question, actually. <laughs> it's quite a field. Wow. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so I, if I would like to present myself with one world, and that's curious. Uh, I've uh-huh. always been curious to things, um, and already in high school, I loved biology, chemistry, but I also liked math and numbers, and I loved traveling. So when I was about to apply for university, I had two different things that I wanted to do. I wanted to study molecular biology at Stockholm University, or I wanted to study economy. And can you do two things more differently, actually? Right. (laughs) And the day of the submission of my application to university, I actually flipped a coin. No, you did. And it ended up, yeah. Wow, <laughs> And it ended up being molecular biology at Stockholm University. And I have never, ever, ever uh, been sorry about that choice. Uh, it was actually spot on to what I wanted to do. Because the curiosity that I have within me every single day is about learning new things when it comes to science and molecular biology. In addition to her curiosity, it's clear another character trait has aided Karen in her work. And that's her work ethic. Her title may be Chief Research and Development Officer, but at a startup of just seven employees, that's right, seven, she's gotten used to wearing many hats. Leading the CG01 project at Combagene, she has done everything from reviewing and negotiating contracts with CEOs to fetching coffee for her team. But long before there were contracts to sign and meetings to plan, there were countless hours spent in the lab. Let's hear more from Karen on how CG01 came to be. Thank you for sharing your story with us. 
Now I'd like to dive a little deeper into the story behind CG01 and what set it apart from other drug candidates. So CG01 uh, is a little different from a lot of other gene therapy vectors that we are using. Uh, That is that we have actually two genes within our vector. We have both uh, neuropeptide Y and one of its receptors, the Y2 receptor. And the reason why we have done that is because our scientists showed quite early that you can uh, reduce seizures by introducing NPY into the brains of uh, of rats that have epileptic seizures. But if you do that in a combination with the Y2 receptor, then the effect is even greater. So that's why we choose to have two, two genes within our vector at the same time. And so how is this therapy different from other anti-seizure medications? Well, epilepsy drug development has been quite limited, I would say. A lot of companies are looking for new uh, therapeutic drugs for uh, epilepsy, but none has really, really found anything new within the last 20 years. The, the new things that has come out within the field is just small tweaks of the previous molecules so that it stays a little longer in your system, it gives effect a little longer. And what we hope to be able to do with CG01 is actually with a one-shot treatment, injecting CG01 into the brain where the epileptic focus starts, and then the genes will be expressed there for a very, very long time, and in that way, reduce the seizures, hopefully forever for these patients. But this is something we have to prove, of course, in humans. Many pharmaceutical breakthroughs could be traced back to a single light bulb moment in the lab. And to pinpoint that moment for CG01, we have to go back 30 years. In the 90s, two of Combagene's founders, Marib Kokaya and David Waldby of Lund University and Copenhagen University, recognized that neuropeptide Y, or NPY, could have an anti-seizure effect in animals. They also recognized that this positive effect could be further strengthened by the addition of NPY receptor Y2. At the time, there was no clear path to administering this treatment in humans. That is until a decade later, when it was discovered that if you took a safe, non-pathogenic virus, removed its DNA, and replaced it with functional DNA sequences, or AAV vectors, it could be used to transport gene therapeutic drugs. This opened up a world of possibilities, and in the mid-2000s, Kokaya and Waldby founded Comagene AB and submitted a patent application for what subsequently became candidate drug CG01. Over the course of the next 10 years, they began to build their team, and in 2015, drug development went into full swing as the company went public. In Comagene's early drug development days, their goal was to determine which construct would have the best anti-seizure effect in animals. The team had identified CG01 and were ready to begin toxicology studies in animals and then in patients, but realized they had one major hurdle to overcome first. In 2018, Caring joined the company and they began the challenging process of developing a manufacturing platform. No small feat given the complicated nature of producing a gene therapy. Once the company had this key piece of the puzzle, the rest began to fall into place. Uh, We had just been at the Cell and Gene Therapy Catapult in London that was helping us with producing or making the manufacturing platform for us. 
And we were sitting very late. I think it was 10 or something in the evening at the Gatwick airport. And we both opened our emails to check what had happened during the day. And we had been called for an interview at the EU to for a grant uh, for Horizon 2020. Uh, it, that was a really big memory for the both of us. One week later, we had to show up at Brussels to do the interview for this project, the CD01 project. And a month later, we, we uh, got the message that we got financed with 3.36 million euros. Wow. And that was a big milestone for us uh, at Comagin. One really big milestone in drug discovery is always the first clinical study. So this is something that we at Combigene, we, we have really worked hard on this for a very long time now. What we have in front of us before we can start the first clinical trial is the toxicology studies that needs to be clean so that we can move into man. We at Comigene have also been very fortunate with another really big milestone and in our aim to move the CG01 product towards the clinical trial. And that is that in October last year, 2021, Combigene and Spark Therapeutics signed a collaboration and licensing agreement for CG01. And in Spark, we have now found the perfect partner to take CG01 both through the clinical phase and if data in humans looks good, also to full commercialization. Combigene will, in this collaboration with Spark, uh, carry out the remaining parts of the preclinical program, uh, mainly the studies in toxicology that I talked about, as well as the biodistribution studies. And, and when these preclinical studies are completed, Spark will then assume full control of the program and run the clinical trials development from the first human study and onwards. This, in my view, is not only great news for us at Combigene, but also for the patients in need, because in Spark we have a really good partner that can commercialize this all throughout the world and reach all the patients needed. So unlike many gene therapies, which are developed for the treatment of rare diseases, CG01 caters to a large population of patients, and epilepsy is a major global problem. Every year, approximately 47,000 drug-resistant patients with focal epilepsy are estimated to be added in the US, UK, EU, Japan, and China. So how can this potential gene therapy be a potential game changer for drug-resistant focal epileptic attacks? The major game changer for this is for the patients that are drug resistant. One third of all the patients that have epilepsy are drug resistant. And that means that they have tested at least two drugs and that they don't get enough seizure freedom from that. Being a patient with epilepsy that has not been able to get seizure freedom with a drug means that your life is quite affected. Uh, if you, for example, are a mother to a newborn child, you might not actually want to hold your child in your arms because you are really, really scared of dropping your child if you get a seizure. This is just one example of how an everyday activity can take on a dangerous amount of risk for focal epilepsy patients, including those who experience non-motor seizures. Car accidents are another. A 2020 study led by researchers at NYU's Grossman School of Medicine found that among the patients who reported having one or multiple car accidents before their diagnosis, three quarters had non-motor seizures, while one quarter had motor seizures. The researchers estimate that for every 13 early diagnoses, 
one car accident could be prevented, or an estimated 1,816 preventable accidents annually worldwide. This goes to show just how disruptive and dangerous focal epileptic symptoms can be on an individual's health and safety. Of the significant portion of patients whose focal epilepsy is drug-resistant, a small subset are eligible for surgery, which means removing the part of the brain where the epileptic focus starts. However, for patients whose epilepsy is centered in areas that control critical functions like vision, hearing, or motor function, this may not be advantageous or even possible. This is why CG01 has the potential to be such a game changer for these patients. They will finally have the opportunity to stabilize their seizures in a way that allows them to lead a safer and more productive life. You mentioned earlier that a key piece of getting this treatment into the hands of patients is manufacturing. I know you're working with our team, and I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about the challenges of manufacturing a gene therapy and how you're working through them. We wanted a small partner. Uh, we wanted someone that was very tentative to our needs. Uh, and since we are a small company and works completely virtually, um, most of us are project leaders and we are, we are uh, generalists and knows, we know life science a lot. We know a little bit of our, we, we have our own expertise areas, but we don't know everything. Uh, and being an expert in manufacturing is not something that you can take on in a small company because you, you don't only need one competence mm -hmm. there. You need several different competences. And therefore, it was very, very important for us to get a partner that actually challenged us and told us, now you're doing the wrong things, Karin. You have to think about it this way. Uh, and, and giving us feedback all the time, saying that this is the best way to work it, or possibly could you do it this way rather than this? If we do it that way, then it will be a lot better. And the 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 work that we have done with Cobra Biologics has really been like that all the way along. Any drug development program can face challenges and uncertainties, but developing biologics often presents unique hurdles beyond those found in developing small molecule therapies. A lot of people think that because biologics are produced by living cells, that they are somehow more natural and require less stringent testing. In fact, the opposite is true. Because you're dealing with live cells, every manufacturing run is a little different than the one before, and you need to work with a partner who is committed to building a process that gets it right every time. This starts with a strong product, like the plasmids Cobra uses for CG01, to ensure the makeup of the treatment is sound. Then, you need to develop a standardized production process that will work not only as you move from milligrams to grams to kilos, but also as you shift from small-scale to large-scale manufacturing. And with gene therapies, rigorous quality control measures are a must. Without them, your therapy could be at risk for structural changes that could alter the molecule's activity in the body a very risky scenario for the patient receiving the treatment. It's clear a lot of work is being put into bringing CG01 to fruition, and it sounds like it already has the potential to make a big impact for focal epilepsy patients. I was wondering if you see any potential for CG01 beyond epilepsy. We do believe that the 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 way the the thing we are focusing on when we do the therapy with NPY and Y2 is to reduce the excitatory transmission between the nerve cells. So 
basically the neurons talking to each other. If they talk too much, that will give you a seizure. In other diseases, you could also have this excitatory uh, neuronal transmission between the neurons, and that is something that we can limit uh, if we use MPY and Y2. The, the biggest um, challenge, I would say, with using MPY and Y2 is the MPY, because MPY you can find almost everywhere in the body, and you want you don't want to interact too much all over the body. So it's not something that you want to give systemically into the whole body, but you want to give it into a specific defined area. So it sounds like there are some limitations, but also some opportunities for the application of this treatment to broaden in the future. Which patients do you see as being the best initial candidates for CG01? There are lots of patients that are not eligible for surgery due to that the focus of the epileptic seizures in in an eloquent area, an area of the brain which you cannot remove because the side effects by removing that part of the brain will be too too detrimental for the patient. So Compagene has some impressive milestones. Um, Among them is the CGT2 development for treatment of partial lipodystrophy. Can you share some progress with us made on CGT2? Yes, I can. CGT2 is a very early project. It's for partial lipodystrophy. Partial lipodystrophy does not have any cure or any medications at all at the moment. Uh, and this patient population is, um, is affected by excessive fat distribution uh, at different parts of the body. and. What it really does is that it accumulates a lot of fat into the liver. And that means that you will get a lot of uh, follow-on diseases that is really detrimental for the body. Lipodystrophy is a life-threatening disease with no known cure. The impact of lipodystrophy symptoms can vary greatly. But as Karen mentioned, the disease is associated with many short and long-term complications. These include an inability to break down glucose, higher levels of triglycerides in the blood, and diabetes. Patients also sometimes experience fat accumulation in the liver, which can lead to liver disease that may require a transplant. Right now, most treatments are targeted at the specific symptoms and comorbidities experienced by the patient. Comagene has spent the last two years designing the best expression vector for CGT2 and researching its effects in in vivo studies. They hope to soon select the drug candidate and proceed with proof-of-concept studies. A therapy like CGT2 that could be administered into the affected part of the body would be a novel approach to treating this rare disease. And so how do CG01 and CGT2 compare to each other in their development and delivery? Well, uh, they're quite different and they're quite similar. Uh, The big difference is that one is a rare disease. CG01 is, as you know, uh, a large patient population where we will help a lot of patients. CGT2 is a small indication with only a few new patients coming up every year. Uh, That means that for CGT2, we could potentially apply for an orphan drug designation. The Orphan Drug Act of 1983 was designed to promote the development of treatments for rare diseases or conditions. By definition, A disease or condition is classified as rare if it affects fewer than 200,000 people in the United States 
or if the cost of developing and distributing a treatment in the United States will exceed any potential profits from its sale. It's incredible to think of all the work that has led Combagene to this point, and even still the work that lies ahead. I'm wondering, with all the challenges and competing priorities, how do you all stay focused on your goal? What motivates your team to keep going each day? To help the patients in the end. That's really the, the if you have that in line and, 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 and look at the patients and actually get the chance to meet patients once in a while, you want to drop everything else and just do the work and work very efficiently to be able to help them and get something out to help them in the end. I'm sure you've crossed paths with many focal epilepsy patients over the years. Do you have any stories that can help illustrate the struggle for our listeners? Well, one of the stories is that in, in my first year here at Combagene, I had the privilege to meet up with a patient organization here in Stockholm, and I get, got the chance to present uh, our work for them. And after the presentation, one of the one of the patients in the audience stood up and said, I'll do anything. If this can help me, I'll do anything. And and really, at the, at this, as it is now, please remove my whole brain because I just want to get rid of this disease. And this is what really helps us every day at Combagene, trying to help these patients. Wow. That's powerful. Well, it's been great speaking with you today. We've learned a lot and uh, very impressed by the work at Combagene and your journey there. So thanks for sharing everything today. Thank you, Gina. It's been a true pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye now. Karen Agerman is the Chief Research and Development Officer at Combagene AB. Until next time, thanks for listening.